1: From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are Anchor Moms. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. For everybody at home, just a reminder, we are all mostly still working from home and doing this via Skype. So, apologies for any audio issues, but uh, we are glad to be together. It's good to see your faces, Ingrid and Katie.
2: Hello, hey. good morning. <laughs> How's everybody um, doing?
1: Um, we're good. I'm good. good. How good. are you guys? Just trucking along. Yeah, I'm getting through each each COVID day.
2: Good, good, good. Um, so, speaking of uh, COVID, this weekend I had such a funny experience that was just so 2020. Um, we were taking a drive. We live in North Asheville and we were taking a drive to South Asheville. So a very short distance on Saturday. And well, we've talked about this at length on this podcast. River is now potty trained, but she still, we still bring the potty with us in the car. And when she says she has to tee we will pull over and allow her to tee tee. So um, we were, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes from our house. She says she has to tee tee. We like scramble out of the car. Um, plop her little potty right down on the cement. We're at a gas station parking lot. And kind of, I hate to say this, sort of a sketch gas station. Um, So we get out. She does her thing. And right behind us, this car pulls in. I think kind of weird. They're like a little bit close to us. So River does her thing and we're getting ready to go back in the car. And this mom jumps out of this car and she's all frazzled. And she's like, can we borrow your potty? (gasps) And I What? Yes. Oh, so my goodness. There I am. I'm on the spot. She had, I would say her daughter was mm, seven or eight. She's like, the bathroom for the gas station is closed because of COVID. And it's an emergency. And, of oh course, a million thoughts run through my mind. Oh, my gosh. We're in the global pandemic. Now you're going to use my kid's potty. Like, how are we going to sanitize it? But also, even when it's not pandemic times, kind yeah. of gross. Right? Yeah. So I'm frozen there on the spot, and I'm like, oh, uh, sure. So I hand her River's potty with Wait, the Wait, is there paper. pee still in it? No, we had dumped it out. Okay. I don't even know. Is that – I don't know if that's environmentally safe, but sorry. We dumped the pee out. Um, so no, anyway, we hand it over. I go, B- Brian, who is in the front seat, is like, What's happening? I was like, I, the mom, she asked, the pot-. he was like, you're, you gave her, you gave her the potty? And I said, yeah, oh my what, gosh. Was, what was I supposed to do? You know, like, you're not going to deny another mother a potty during an emergency. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, oh, they like, of course, I think they hide, you know, you can't, a seven or eight year old can't pee in the middle of a parking lot. A two year old can, but a seven right. or eight year old cannot. So I sort of hide her. She goes to give me the toilet back. And she's like, we we don't have anything to, like, sanitize with. I look inside the car. They're all packed up. There's another kid in a car seat. The dad is driving. They're traveling back from Indiana. They're traveling back from South Carolina to Indiana. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, it's fine. She's like, we just didn't know what to do. So I get back in the car. Thank God we had Lysol wipes, which are, you know, like, yeah, like, like who even has Lysol wipes these days they are so hard to come by. I sort of wipe out the potty and Brian was like, yeah, I guess that was the right thing to do. Like, <laughs> I, mean, when you, I mean, if you were that mom, it's an, it's a bathroom emergency for your seven or eight year old. I mean, what are you going to do? What, do you, what do you do? So anyway, we Lysol. Well, down and I you're don't know. a good
0: I person. I, I don't, don't know what, what I would have done. I don't know. I mean, I guess like when you're on the spot and you're looking at a poor child like about to pee their pants, right. which is so embarrassing to like an eight-year-old girl, I'm sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I would have probably like given her the Lysol wipes and been like, you clean up your child's pee and, and then I'll take that- the toilet back and then I'll deep clean it when I get home. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. I think she did. I think she did do some of the Lysol wipes. Um. But yeah, but trust me, it was gross. It's gross, but also like you just feel so bad for another frazzled mom.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're uh, good for you. That was really that nice is thing
2: crazy. To
1: do. That is crazy. Yeah. This so is we... what the
2: world has brought us to. By the way, is where people are asking for emergency potties and gas station parking lots.
1: Yeah. Wow, well, that's funny! Is we recently had to pull over and use our potty, and I think it was in probably the same sketchy gas station parking lot in North Asheville. <laughs> and both of our big kids had to go, and I had the same thought of like, are you supposed to du- Like, is it okay to dump the pee oh, in like the grassy area? Oh. Like, is somebody driving by? Like, oh my gosh, that mom is dumping some pee right there. Like, you know, I think what you're what just you not do? supposed
0: to pee like near like a stream or like. A flowing like body of water for some reason, but you can like pour it into the grass. Dogs pee in the grass. Why can't your two-year-old pee in the grass?
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, now sure. we're gonna
2: get tons of emails and messages. If if you're out there and you know how you're supposed to properly dispose of human waste without pouring it in a, a toilet,
1: please let us know. This is a question. Well, we I to have to say, answer. I used to not le- I used to just leave it in and dump it when I got home. And then we had an Ooh. incident where Bennett accidentally, like, dropped, like, threw a toy in the car that landed in <laughs> the potty in the pee. Ew. Like, okay, forevermore, I'm just dumping it wherever we are. I'm dumping it... the pee. I don't want it in my car.
0: It doesn't slosh <laughs> around and, like, splash and, like, get, like,
2: pee in your back seat? Um, I mean, they don't pee that much. Okay. Yeah. Well. Also, um, urine is sterile, so it's not like it's super germy, by the way. I'm just letting you know that if you were curious about that. Okay. Um, Well, poop is different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That brings us to our first article. It's very apropos, titled How to Deal with Public Bathrooms During Coronavirus. Um, This is a New York Times article. And when I stumbled across this this week, I thought, oh, this is perfect. Um, Basically, this the The person writing this had a very similar situation. her eight year old daughter had to go to the bathroom in the parking lot of a grocery store. They didn't have masks, um so they couldn't enter the grocery store. And so um her she actually had a diaper in her car, and the poor eight year old had to go to the bathroom in a diaper, which arguably is worse than having to to go on a a portable potty.
1: Um, but so
2: basically, she breaks it down. Here's the thing is that you can, it looks like, Bathroom stuff is infectious with coronavirus, that's the, that's the, the most recent study, um, but that being said, they talk about how a public bathroom is probably not as high as a contagion factor as people might imagine, and they say it's more about the contact in the area, in other words, how long you spend in the bathroom, And less about um, the bathroom area itself. I think the studies have come out that surfaces are not as contagious as what we originally thought. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically, I think the best advice in in this is if you do have to deal with a public bathroom, um, is to have tell your kids that you're going to to do all of the touching. You're going to, Mama will do everything. Well, I'll touch the handle. I'll, uh, you know flush the toilet, all of that, so then your kids don't have to worry about it. I also thought if you have, this was good advice as well, um, if you have a, a kid that's still in diapers, bring a plastic garbage bag to spread out over the changing table. I thought that was some good advice uh, as well. What did you guys all take away?
0: I liked how um, it, it kind of um, calmed my fears when they said that Think about when someone who potentially is carrying COVID goes into the bathroom, they only are touching these surfaces just one time and then they're getting out of there. So it's not like uh, someone who you work with who's touching surfaces over and over and over again and spreading their germs all over the place. I mean, typically you're going in and you're going out and it's a quick thing. So the risk of transmission is much lower in a place like a rest stop, for example.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, the only thing I'll say is and I've not done this yet, which this is like my biggest fear. When I think about taking the kids out anywhere, even to eat at a restaurant, you know, if we are sitting outside, I'm not as much worried about COVID. I'm really worried about the bathrooms because one of the reasons is, especially if I'm by myself, I've got three kids in one bathroom stall. So there, I can't possibly mm-hmm. make sure they're no, like, all of them aren't touching things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like when – even when our big kids go into a bathroom, they're like, you know – full hands on the, um, the toilet, like, you know, they (laughs) just touch everything. And you're like, stop, don't touch anything. And they just don't get it. They don't, they have no idea, you know?
0: Well, I think that you underestimate them. I mean, I've taken my four-year-old son to public restrooms, um, recently and he, I mean, just like the virus, like your kids, they will wear their mask, won't they? So, I mean, they, they understand that things are different, right? Like, here everything there are new rules and he abides by those because he maybe I've instilled too much fear in him but I know what you're talking about where hands are like everywhere but I feel like if you're like you have to right now like you keep your hands by your side you cannot touch anything like I don't know I've been surprised pleasantly surprised with like how a rambunctious four-year-old boy has responded to this but maybe that's just a unique case I don't know
1: yeah Well, I hope it's, uh, you know, I just, I fear a situation like Katie's uh, new friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, to answer your question about like uh, throwing the pee on the grass, this article says a reminder, if you are pooping, if you're pooping, you need to dig a hole eight inches deep and bury the poop and then cover it back up. Or you need to carry out your poop, like put it in a bag. Right. So don't, don't go pooping in that gas station parking
2: lot. I'll try not to, you know. yeah, I'll try to, yeah, yeah I'll tr- I mean, I'll try to avoid that. You but, hold um, it, Katie. It was definitely one of those I... moments, you know, that show, What Would You Do, where there's cameras, yeah. I was like, is, yeah. that's <laughs> a, is, is this a, is this a, a real show? situation? Yeah, is this
1: a, is, are they like <laughs> testing my kindness right now? So, you passed the
0: test. So,
1: <laughs> Thank you. you with flying colors. Thank you. Thank um, you. So moving on to the next article today, this is from ABC News, and the title is Coronavirus is pushing the US Childcare Industry to the Brink of Collapse. Uh, a new bill proposed would give $50 billion in federal funds to the childcare industry. Um, this is something I have a lot to talk about because, as you guys know, I have three kids in, in daycare essentially at two different preschools. Um, and they, I will say, have been great during COVID, um, really understanding, and they both actually didn't close down during all of this, um, and have been just super um, sympathetic, compassionate about what everyone's going through, really great at communicating with all the parents, and kind of keeping us up to date on everything, Um, but I was shocked in this article to learn that nationwide half of all childcare facilities have closed during this pandemic, which is just unbelievable to me. And even the ones that are open obviously have uh, a lot lower enrollment right now. Um, And, you know, I did a couple of stories pre COVID just talking about child, the childcare industry here locally in Western North Carolina. And I mean, they, these places are already really barely getting by and then to have COVID happen and they have less kids coming in, which means they're getting less money, is just a really big hit for them. And these are, you know, these are the people that are raising our kids, essentially, for the first couple of years before before they start school, um, those of us who are working parents. I, it's just, it's a really sad situation. I feel really bad for them. Um you know, one of one of our facilities that we go to are actually offering a lower fee because our, our, we're keeping our kids home because of Gregory's work situation right now. Um, and they are just offering like a holding spot fee for the month rather than paying full tuition, which is so wonderful for them to do. Um, but, yeah, I just really worry about these facilities. And as this article talks about what's going to happen when half of these places don't reopen or if they can't reopen, who's going to watch our kids? It's a really big, really big problem.
0: Yeah. And they say that a new bill that has been
1: introduced
0: could put $50 billion in federal funding towards the childcare industry and it's stuff like that, that could potentially keep them afloat. But again, like you said, they've had to, so they're only getting half the amount of money they used to get from your family and you're just one family. So, sure. if they were already barely making it and now they're getting half the amount of money than, as before, like how are they supposed to stay open? And also, that doesn't that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable that the child care center is now like scrapping for pennies to keep things going? Like, that's not the type of center you think you want to send your kid to, right? You want it to be clean, you want them to have all of the appropriate um, toys or educational materials. And this will have an impact on all of those things, I would assume.
2: Well, and not to mention, if you're the families who are counting on this, Karen, I know that you're planning on sending your kids back to daycare at some point. For some families, I've seen several people on social media and friends that I have saying that, yeah, our daycare center, our preschool closed down. What are we going to do? I mean, I think that this... Obviously, I mean, it's and it's not just I I don't think it's parents of just preschool kids that are feeling the same way. I think if you have a school aged kid and you're wondering what's going to happen at public schools in the fall and how you're going Mm -hmm. to deal with it, especially if you're getting called back to work. Okay, a lot of folks have been working from home, but now a lot of companies are bringing their employees back to work. What are you going to do? There's just some families that can't homeschool their kids or who can't send their kids to to school two days a week and three days a week need to find childcare. It's just, you know, I think this is just, it's a really dicey situation for a lot of families. I'm really, I'm so thankful that River, um, that we have like an incredible nanny and I don't have to worry about daycare and that she's not school age because honestly, at this point, I do not know what I would do. I don't know what I would do.
1: It's really hard. And I'll tell you too, you know, the centers where my kids go normally, um, I know because I've been seeing the emails and updates from them. I mean, changing the drop-off situation, parents can't go in the building. Every kid has to have their temperature checked before they go in. There's just so much for these facilities to think about. And, you know, one of the other things is vacation. Like what if, what are the rules? if, If your kid is going and then you take a family vacation, do you have to then keep that child home from child, you know, from the center for two weeks before you send him back. But what if your work doesn't allow that? You know, there's just so many things and I just feel, Oh, I just can't. I mean, the, the, the anxiety uh, for these childcare facilities and the, and the administrators there, I just, I just really feel for them. I mean, they are trying to juggle and think about so many things and accommodate these parents who have to work while also making sure that heaven forbid this virus doesn't get into one of their facilities somehow, right. you know, there's just, it's just so
0: hard. I have heard of some parents who still have to pay full tuition for daycare that is closed. Yeah, so, they don't want to lose their
1: spot. No, right. Quality,
0: right. Right. No, well, I guess so. But I mean, I guess it's the flip side of this whole thing is some parents have lost their jobs. Some parents have mm-hmm. reduced hours. And now in order to keep a spot, you have to pay, in some cases, full tuition, even though you can't even send your kids to these schools. I mean, it's just an awful situation for everyone all around, but that's the flip side of it.
1: Yeah, I agree, Ingrid. I mean, we're lucky that both of our facilities are still open, so we have that option. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, and I feel for these places that have to ask for that money. I know they don't want to be taking money when they can't have the kids come in, but they've got to pay their teachers, you know. Um, it's just, it's, it's just a messy situation. And I, I'm very fortunate that we love the, love, love, love the places that our kids go. And they've been, like I said, so accommodating, but I just feel for the families who, like you said, don't have that option or, you know, aren't able to keep paying and keep their kid there. I think that right now we're in this weird zone. Um, I think that in a couple of months, a lot of this stuff is going to kind of come to a head. Um, as uh, like you said, Katie, as people do have to return to work these childcare centers aren't open, opening back up, like I think it's gonna get really ugly and messy and I, I just am worried about it. As a working mom who sends her kids to, to daycare, it's, it's scary to think about. Yeah,
2: well, we'll see what happens with this funding and you're right, as things, as time marches on, I think there'll have to be a lot of changes so it'll be interesting to see how all of this pans out. And Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort Get out of the house and into the wilderness. Behind the scenes. We haven't done this in a while because really none of us have been at work to do a behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, everything we do is behind the scenes these days. Right, right. Um, So we talked about this. I am back at work, back in the building, back at the station. I think this is my third week back because, of course, I've been um, anchoring the morning news. And I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update on what that has been like. I've been really and I didn't know what it was going to be like, because, of course, um, I would say the majority of the people in the newsroom who are normally in the newsroom are working from from home. I think that's a right? Is that a fair assumption, guys? I mean, reporters, photographers are not in the building. A significant amount of the producers, and the producers are the folks who are writing, who are creating the shows and writing the shows. Um, Most of them are not in the building. We have a couple of them. Um, Our weather crew, our meteorologists are out of the building as well. Um, So, you know, there is a strict mask policy. Everybody here is wearing a mask. If you sit down at your desk um, and you're far enough away from people, you can, of course, take your mask off. We do not wear masks um, when we're anchoring, but we do. My co-anchor and I um, sit six feet apart. There is no one running cameras in the studio. So that's been really interesting from an anchor perspective. Normally you have somebody behind the cameras cueing you, letting you know when you're coming out of a commercial break or when you're coming out of a story so that you can look at the camera and start reading. Now that's kind of been happening. Um, the, the people in the control room are letting us know that. Um, So it's been interesting. I really, I'm really proud of, of how, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this and people feel differently, but it feels like it's been a very seamless transition and that people are doing a really good job at sort of working from home and making all of this work.
1: And I'm proud of our company. You know, I think our company is being very conscious of everything and very safe and trying to, you know, not rush people back into work and not bring people into a, Situation that we shouldn't be in, health wise. Um, so Ingrid and I are both still working from home with toddlers. <laughs> um, yeah, still Ingrid, doing it. I mean, I don't know. Like, we're what three some months in. Do you feel like mm-hmm. you are doing like it's easier now, or like
0: kind of got the hang of say, it? I would say, in many ways, yes. I mean, it's never easy, but we have all adapted, and the kids know mom has to go back into the office and do the new news now. Like they kind of like get the, the, the flow of things. It's kind of like a handoff between my husband and I. Um, so it's things have definitely settled down since the very beginning. And, um, one thing my husband said yesterday, he's like, this has to be literally the best moment of your day every single day. And it's when I'm done with the morning show and I can hear the kids upstairs running around and I'm finally finished with everything. And I go upstairs And I open the door, and they go, mama! And they come, like, (laughs) racing. It's like a race to see me. And they, like, jump in my arms. Like, it's been years since they've seen me. And they've only been up for, like, an hour without me. But it's, like, they are so excited to see me and give me so many hugs and kisses. And I'm, like, oh, this is really cool. Like, that wouldn't happen if I was at work right now, obviously. So there's a
1: little bit of a silver lining. Yeah. um, Ellery the other day said, you know, mom, it's really been, like, every day is the weekend. Oh, or exactly the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, maybe for you, you don't see me like, you know, squeezing in work in the early mornings and late nights and while you're napping. But um, one thing that I was thinking about would be really funny to be able to tell. So when we um, log in, you know, we have to log into our, I don't know what you call it, the the network
2: from Mm -hmm. our work computers
1: at home. And Uh, Ingrid I don't know if this is how yours is but it like you put all your info in and then it takes a second and then it texts you a code and then you have to like put in that code well I don't know what the time limit is but there's a certain like amount of time maybe it's like a minute that you have to get that code in yeah Yeah, that you have to get that code in I would love to know how many times I've missed the code because I feel like Mm. every single time I go to log in and start working like I get the code and then like somebody starts screaming and I need it and then I have to like go back and it's, it's timed out and I have to like start the whole process over again. Like, I'm just wondering if there's like some IT guy somewhere being like, man, she gets Somebody's trying to like, hack
0: into our system. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like she gets interrupted like 25 times a day before she can even log in. Like it was, it just like cracks me up how many times, like as soon as, of course, as soon as you go to try and get something done and like do the whole login process, somebody needs something. Like somebody some kid, yeah. some kid is like dying or something. I don't know. Anyway. The joys of working from home. The joys yes. of
2: working from home. Yeah. It, again, and it'll be interesting. I think what a lot of COVID-19 has shown people is that it is possible to work from home. Maybe maybe less so in our industry, but maybe a little bit in our industry. Um, but you see it making headlines every day is that companies are making the decision that we're just going to make this permanent. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe this won't be such a... This won't even be worth a behind-the-scenes in a couple of years because everybody will be working from home, right? That would be crazy.
1: Yeah, crazy, crazy.
0: In other news, we have one more article for you today. It's called, (laughs) I love being a stay-at-home dad, and I still struggle with what it says about me as a man. So this is a writer, a freelance writer for The Washington Post a dad, obviously, and basically the story goes he has this PhD in creative writing and his wife has a very successful job that takes them to Hong Kong. And she's like, do you want to quit your job and move, you know, to um, Asia? And he's like, sure, yeah, that sounds great. Like, I'll take care of our kid. This will be wonderful. They, you know, travel the country, they eat in noodle shops and they just have a wonderful time. And then he, you know, not soon after realizes Um, he's completely, as he says, kind of wasting his degree. He's not doing anything for work and he starts to think about it that, you know, he should be providing for his family. That's a quote from him, not from me. And he, and this whole article is kind of talking about this double standard, right? About how women oftentimes are seen as the caretakers and not necessarily the breadwinners. And that's just kind of ingrained in our in our history and our culture, unfortunately. And he's also trying to battle that internally because he feels like he should be providing for his family financially. And he's tried to. He's, he's tried to do some freelance writing and bartended and that sort of thing. But it's just hard to keep up because he's also taking care of the kids and the entire home. And he just can't do it all. And I think the bottom line is here... Well, that's because you have a full-time job helping the family because you are the main caretaker, right? But um, it's just interesting hearing this from a dad's perspective of being a stay-at-home dad and what he's battling internally.
1: Yeah, you know, Gregory really wants to be a stay-at-home dad. Really? Really? Mm -hmm. I think John
0: did before Mm -hmm. this pandemic Brian says,
2: it, but, <laughs> Brian says it but I don't really I mean I don't believe him I don't believe him when he says it you know yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. says it as like an offhand comment but like, give me a break you know right
1: well I think I think Gregory would be great at it except you know I hate to say it oh he can't multitask and you have to multitask no. if you're you know no. what I mean like I feel like he would you know be a great parent and he would have a lot of fun but like then I would get home from work and it, like all the housework would still need to be done, you know. <laughs> Correct. Well, I can tell you that
0: is what happens because that's what's happening now in my house.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a struggle whether you're a man whether you're a woman. Like watching the kids full time is a lot, you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think it says a lot about our society, and it makes me feel sad that this dad feels like it's not enough because you. We all know that staying at home and taking care of your kids in the house is legitimately a full-time job and it makes me sad that he feels like yeah that judgment he can't yeah that he can't break free from it and you know he talks about he knows that it's a narrow notion of masculinity um, that he doesn't even believe in and that he can't break free from that idea and he talks about how you know it's sort of like a cultural mashup of school friends tv movies whatever else it's just sort of how a lot of us are raised Mm -hmm. I think, in America, right, is that the dad provides and that he feels guilty about it. I mean, I hope that in the coming years, we see this stigma go away, because I don't think it's valid. I think dads can can be, I mean, maybe they can't multitask. But I mean, women don't really, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, that's a total myth that women excel at, at multitasking. It's just something that's expected of us. So I feel like I have, I'm totally um, convinced that dads, dads too, can learn to to multitask. Could do like, it. If, just if, like moms. Yeah. Yeah. If, if upon, can do it, they can do it, dad, you can do it too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think more and more men are choosing, or maybe not even choosing, but it makes more sense to be stay-at-home dads because women are excelling and, you know, becoming the breadwinners and having successful careers, so...
0: Well, and yeah. he says
2: that her successes are his successes. And this is what his
0: wife is telling him, and that they're a team and that he should see it that way. You know, right. he, she is succeeding in her career because he's allowing her to because he's there for the kids. Right. You know, I mean, she couldn't do that if she, he wasn't there.
1: Well, yeah, and I'd i love also that be. Line.
2: I'd also be willing to bet that a lot of stay-at-home moms feel some of the same things that he is feeling. Like, perhaps it's not just a man thing, and that's just when you are a stay-at-home mom. I mean, there's lots of stay-at-home moms who have advanced degrees, who know that they're not using their degrees, and they're staying home. They've made the choice or the sacrifice to stay home with their kids. And I have to think that they, too, are wondering every once in a while, gosh, what am I doing? Is this worth it? You know? Mm -hmm. So... Maybe it's less of, maybe it's just a universal thought. Or oh, and maybe there's, and I'm sure there's a lot of stay-at-home moms who feel like it's totally worth it and totally worth the sacrifice and don't ever think about it.
1: I don't know. Win of the week. Win of the week. Win of the week. These are sometimes hard to come by, these <laughs> these pandemic days. Um, so I have kind of a fun one. Um, so Ray, you know, is about to start kindergarten in ooh, a couple of months. You hope. If,
2: you if hope. kindergarten
1: happens, I don't yeah. know. That's a big like up in the air right now. Um, but anyway, so she has really been um, you know what a like go getter she is. Um she's really been working on her sight words. And what she a sight
2: words. What is that? So
1: sight words are like the common words you see like the, to, a, he, she, like kind of the the popular words that you see often. And so she's been trying to write those. She's got like sight word flashcards. So she's been writing those out. And um, and so she, when, when, you know, she's reading books now, or when I'm reading her a book, she started to see them. And at first it was just like, you know, every once in a while. But now, I mean, obviously she's not reading, but she will, I'll turn to a page and she'll say, you know, the bear you know and she'll like start to and it's really cool it's it's one of those weird things that like oh my gosh she's starting to read which feels like this huge skill that you use throughout your whole life and she's like embarking on this journey and beginning to do it and it's just really neat to like see the process and kind of see her starting to pick up on the words um
0: Ella is going to be, like, the
1: best student.
0: I feel like it, she's, like, studying before even going to kindergarten. Yes. Like, kids don't do that usually. Yeah. I mean, she's, like, like ready.
2: Yeah. Ella Ray for president, right? Because she <laughs> just has it, like, all to- – that girl has
1: it all together. But here's so the only I, yes. downfall, you guys. Here's the only oh. negative of this whole thing. So I don't know if you guys do this. Do you – if you're, like, maybe kind of tired, it's been a long day, or you've got some stuff to do, you kind of, like, edit the story – like, you might only read the first sentence oh, of the, the every books. page. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And they realize yeah. that you're skipping pages. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, she's like, wait, Mom, you skipped this whole chunk. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, oh, whoops. Like, I forgot. <laughs> like, I somehow missed two paragraphs. But she, because she's following along and, like, trying to yeah. pick up on the words right. now, it's like she she's, like, very paying a lot of attention to when I, like, skip sections. And I'm like... Oh gosh, now I gotta like read every single word on every single page of every single book.
0: This happened to me last night with the baby with the one and a half year old. It was oh, just wow. pictures though. But I was going through the pictures, I was like book, shoe, and I like skip yeah. to the second side of the page and she goes, uh, uh and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Like you You're already are there. making me
1: read every yeah. single page here. Ugh. Not okay. Yeah. Anyway, wow. overall, a win. Um, Good. Just kind of, kind of fun. You know, it's kind of fun to see them progressing and well, figuring things, these things out. For all you know, you'll be her teacher next year, so <laughs> study up. Study yeah, up. Get ready, Karen. Oh, gosh. I really hope they can go back to school. I know I'm I with a lot of parents out there, but I just really hope it happens. I want them to be safe, of course, but I know. Oof. Math. All right, I guys. I worry.
2: Like, I hope I don't ever have to teach river math. By the way, that's like the one thing that's like oh. really scary for me. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Um. All right. Well, hope everybody has a good week.
0: Yeah. Leave us a Thanks review on on Apple Podcasts or or wherever you get your podcast. But that's where we see a lot of the reviews. By the way, some of you have written some sweet things on Instagram and Facebook. But it'd be really cool if you could write it on the Apple Podcast because that's how people find us and how we get good reviews um, and pop up on different feeds and stuff like that. So if you could do that, that'd be awesome.
2: Bye, guys. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Thanks
0: for listening.